0: to episode 138 of Shanlin on Batman on today's episode Justin and myself will be joined by special guest Mark Hughes to talk about various subjects including Comic-Con the Justice League Snyder Cut Joker and of course Matt Reeves the Batman
1: so Mark welcome back it's been what like six months a year since you've been on the podcast since no it hasn't been that long has it I think so it I think so. We hang out more than we actually podcast now.
2: I, I Didn't we do just a few months ago, I thought I came on, and we, I hadn't been on in a while at that point, and I came back on. But maybe I'm misremembering. I don't know. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. So, But I'm glad to be back. Thank you for having me back on.
1: Uh, we are glad to have you back on, and we just wanted to make sure to let everyone know, neither of us are pooping right now. So if that was, (laughs) if anyone was thinking that we were doing that on this episode, we are not. This is episode 138, not number two.
0: I mean, they can't see what we're doing right now. They don't know.
1: (laughs) So you're saying that there's a chance that one of us three is pooping?
0: Statistically, there is a possibility.
1: (laughs) So that's how... So that's how this app, this podcast is going to go tonight. We're going to just open it up with talking about taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this episode is sponsored by Prune Juice.
1: <laughs> Not any Prune Juice. Kyle's Prune Juice.
0: Oh, it's it's something, all right.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know what that something is, but it's something.
1: <laughs> all right, so a lot has happened in the last year. We, we, I think where we really need to talk about tonight is the merger between AT&T and Warner Brothers and your overall thoughts and opinions on that, because it seems like with the regime of the last couple years, it's been shoot yourself in the foot, put a bandaid over it, then shoot yourself in the foot again, put a bandaid over it, then, be really reactionary. And I'm not trying to be a jackass tonight. I really am not. I'm just if we were to look at things historically over the last three and a half, four, five years, that's been the I wouldn't say mantra of Warner Brothers, but that has been kind of like what has happened. And now there's new people in yeah. charge, and there's a bunch of articles that have been written about. How Warner that AT T really isn't in the comic book like they really it's from the article it doesn't sound like they really care about the DC comic book universe they're all about individual IPs so what is your thoughts opinions on this merger do you think anything good could possibly come from it do you think that anything could be salvageable because it still seems what are we seven, eight films in that they still don't have a clear trajectory where they want to take this DC cinematic universe?
2: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things that could happen. I think the looking back at what's happened so far, Warner Brothers uh, with with Tsuji Hara, uh, I know he was he was popular within Warner Brothers, and there's a lot of people that liked him and that still apparently still like him and wish he hadn't left even after everything that happened and the way that he left. Uh, but, uh, I think it's obvious to me and I think it's, I think it's pretty obvious to anybody that's listening to this podcast and that's followed what happened with DC, that a lot of the problems that came about, uh, with the, the building of their cinematic universe, including the the reactionary tendency to keep changing back and forth every time you know at the drop of a hat they would freak out and change what they were going to do and that's what what led to the changes with uh, Justice League and to Zack Snyder uh departing as the uh, he and Deborah Snyder kind of overseeing the DC universe and that was you know Sujihara hara played a big role in that his attitude toward the dc properties and and general toward uh toward run, how he ran the studio he came in he did he made a lot of changes and tore down a lot of walls between the different uh divisions at warner brothers and i think a lot of the things uh he did some things that obviously worked out really well he established that relationship. Uh, that that got the the Harry Potter franchise back moving again, and a whole new development with the Fantastic Beasts and all that. Uh, I think he made I think he dropped the ball in some of the those dealings personally, but that's a whole separate issue. But as far as the DC universe goes, he was. You know, he, when we talk about it, and it's easy to pile on somebody that's gone, but I don't feel bad about it, honestly. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. In in this regard, I think that what he did, you know, the reason he left was bad, obviously. And beyond that, I think there were a lot of problems with what was happening in terms of how the decisions were made with the DC Universe. And Sushihara, you know, that was a lot of that was his call. He wanted less Superman in batman and batman versus superman for example and that's why a lot of those edits happened and the decision to suddenly change plans with the justice league and then to not delay production and to keep it going and to force Zack snyder to to adhere to a start date that had been set with completely different plans And to hit that targeted release date, all of those things, it was decision making based on people wanting to hit target dates. So they got their bonuses at the end of the year and a lot of crap that shouldn't have sabotaged the artistic process the way that it did, unfortunately. Uh, Now, new leadership's coming in, AT&T bought the studio and
1: Kyle's face right now I'm sorry Mark Kyle's <laughs> face right now he is just like oh my god Mark you're going in hard and deep I'm I'm soaking this
0: all in
2: it's, I mean, just real. I'm not saying anything people don't know. I mean, honestly, right, anyone right. listening to this probably already knows and, and it's probably already ticked off about how things turned out with a lot of the, the past. And I think the trick at this point for us as fans is uh, it's hard to let go of a lot of that frustration and a lot of that anger and, and resentment and, and disappointment and everything else that we've all been feeling for years. Uh, but AT&T bought Warner Brothers. AT&T is coming in. They're going to institute changes. uh, And I think uh, that's one reason, for example, that I think it's harder to talk about what the future holds for DC. Well, you know, they have plans, I know. And I know uh, uh, Sushi Hara being out of the way is going to help. In a lot of ways, it'll help streamline some of that stuff because... Hopefully we won't see a lot of the quick knee-jerk reactions and freak outs if things don't go one, right one way or the other or whatever. Uh, but I think that at and having bought Warner Brothers is, is a good thing. I think at and is looking to fix a lot of the problems that have existed with Warner Brothers lately. Obviously they've had a lot of uh, – they've had – they've had several films underperformed this year like the godzilla uh king of monsters was really expected to play a lot bigger than it did of course um i know some folks think that shazam should have played bigger i uh, i expected it to but i also think you have to remember this was a film that it, it had a smaller budget it had a much smaller marketing budget uh the marketing team is kind of getting thrown under the bus a bit on that, I think. And I, I, I think that probably is once again, a case of some of the lingering cover your ass mentality that has dominated a lot of the thinking at the studio for a while, unfortunately, but, uh, we're hopefully moving out of that. Uh, and with a new CEO coming in, there's a lot of opportunity to establish goodwill with fans, uh, Whatever we want to say about the problems that have existed with Warner, the reality is they made a shitload of money. Can I say that on here? A shitload. Yeah, this, we were yeah, talking this, about. Poop. This is R-rated, right? Okay, <laughs>
1: we we're so literally a, talking about
2: poop. They made a shitload of money off of most of these films so far. Uh, they, the Wonder Woman sequels coming up. Aquaman did it over a billion and is now the biggest character dc's had on film outgrossing a batman which is kind of crazy but it happened uh shazam got terrific reviews was a beloved film uh it should have played a little bit higher probably but there's a lot of factors in that they you know it could have been released and that was an executive decision not a marketing team decision it should have been released and thanks at You know, or maybe even at the Christmas holiday. But Thanksgiving frame would have been a really good place for it since it was literally a Christmas movie. Uh, it, the strong reviews, the strong audience scores and word of mouth, I think this is where that it it was kind of a hard call. like do you th- want to throw more money into the marketing and risk the the bottom line you know getting rising and the profit margin maybe shrinking if the an additional expenditure on marketing doesn't help hard to know i think really that just moving it to thanksgiving i think would have boosted it toward 400 million honestly and i think maybe if the marketing the final tv spots and stuff going into opening weekend especially overseas had included showing the Shazam family and all of like the, the kids turning into superheroes as a group that probably would have kind of increased the buzz a little bit more. So, but whatever the case is, the the new incoming regime has a lot of, uh, a lot of reason to feel optimistic about what's coming because you've got Joker, which we can talk about that later, but Joker is probably going to play very well. Uh, Wonder woman, Birds of Prey, an Aquaman sequel, The Trench, Matt Reeves' Batman movie which is increasingly just the more that I the more that we find out and the more that I've heard the more uh optimistic I am that this is going to be a huge movie that is going to play the way the Nolan films played in terms of reception and box office. So there's a lot of reason to be hopeful about it um and I think if AT&T had not bought Warner Brothers, then I don't know that I would feel as optimistic as I do about what's going to happen now. But them coming in, it means we're probably going to see additional changes at the studio. Uh, Walter Hamada, I think, is doing a really good job shepherding things, and uh, hopefully he's going to stay in charge kind of overseeing things. And I think uh, there's, a, there's a lot of reason to be hopeful that with the new incoming CEO that there's going to be an attempt to kind of get this madness under control and develop a firmer plan going forward for the individual characters and franchises, which ones will or won't overlap with each other, and eventually how you can go forward with one set of films that represent the previous DCEU, and then a new slate of films that have the potential to, build the, to lay the foundation for a new DC future as well. There's no reason we can't have both of those things, and we're definitely going to for at least the next, you know, probably three to four years. So there's still plenty of films coming for fans of what we got, and there's plenty of new things coming for people who want change. So it's a little bit of a best of both worlds situation at this point if you're a DC fan. One other thing I would add is, uh, I think this is an opportunity, and this is something that I mentioned already on Twitter, but my guess is that one of the decisions AT&T will make because they want, they, they monetization is important right now because they took on a, a it's cost a lot of money for this merger. Okay. And they really need the films to be performing well, and they haven't been performing the way they needed to so far this year. So, uh, and right now it doesn't look like the interest rates are going to go up or anything, but if the, if the feds up the interest rates that affects the debt load. And if you've got a combination of films, not performing well enough and the, the interest rates going up, then that, that can cause problems. If you've just done a massive merger with tens of billions of dollars of debt and stuff like that. So whatever, uh, that said one thing that I think, uh, that i mentioned before that's a potentially good outcome is I suspect that probably sometime, if not later this year, next year, and probably mo- maybe it's more likely next year. Uh, I think that the with a new incoming CEO and the opportunity to do a goodwill gesture, I would not be at all surprised. And I, in fact, expect that we'll see uh, Warner Brothers releasing Sn- uh, a version of Snyder's cut of Justice League uh, on the ho- on the HBO Max streaming service. Uh, that would be a hell of a thing to put out there for fans and to try to, for the incoming leadership and for AT&T to try to kind of mend that fence and at least as a gesture to say to Snyder, look, you know, we know that what happened previously uh, was not how things should have gone down. And you you had an artistic vision, and it deserves to see the light of day. And there's a lot of fans who want to see it. And uh, to me, I know there's a lot of people out there who'll say, "No, the fans act the too many of those fans act bad or act this way or that way." But you know, my opinion about what needs to happen with a movie like this is transcends whether or not people have shitty Twitter fights about this stuff or not. I've got there's plenty of people out there I've had arguments with on this. Uh, that have been behaved badly or whatever, and what it, but that doesn't matter i'm not going to say i don't want a movie release because I resent the fans or think the fans behave badly or whatever and the truth is it's a it's a business decision, and as a business decision, it makes sense to release it. It makes sense to put that on h b o max to help you know attract additional attention it's got m- monetary potential you would sell the hell out of that blu ray uh and I don't see I don't think there's really a downside at this point aside from I mean there's people who who mention the fake what they think is a downside but is I think is not accurate that oh if you do it then there's some fans that will take it as meaning that if they pressure a studio they can get what they want fans do that anyway they haven't people haven't got what they wanted with star you know the fans that are like oh change star wars or whatever they do that shit no matter what Okay, they're going to do it whether it's released or not. So that doesn't matter. So releasing it is a business decision. You don't make your decision based on how a a segment and a corner of fans are or aren't going to react. That's a bad way to make those kinds of decisions. You do it based on it makes sense to do it. That vision has a valid reason to be seen. Zack Snyder was treated shabbily, and he deserves to have his vision shown and As a a new incoming CEO and as AT&T, as the new owners, it makes such sense to release that and say, look, we're going to put this out here for you. Y'all are going to get it. Uh, We're going to say, Zach, you know, we we are glad that now with the new leadership and new ownership that we can put this out there and we wish it had happened sooner. Fans, uh, this is this is. We're doing this for you. We're doing this. And hopefully this will, will make everyone happy that they finally got something that's been a long time coming. We have a whole bunch of new stuff coming now that we hope you will also love. And I I think it's the smart thing to do. I think it would be crazy not to do it at this point. And uh the only question then becomes, of course, well, which version and which cut is it? I I know there's a I know of at least one cut that is over, I say over 90%, I'll say specifically the numbers that I was told was 92 to 95% r- completed. Uh, I I don't know if that's the full, you know, three hour plus version of the movie, uh, or if that's, I assume that since there was the three, over the, the three and a half or whatever hour cut version, and then there was, I was told there were two additional cuts that were trimmed and everything, so and i the number one of the numbers i heard was about 2 hours 45 minutes or so which means 2 hours 45 minutes to 3 hour long that's the version i assume is nine if it's 95% i would guess that it's probably the one that has a little bit less footage because i'm guessing that when editing something like that what was removed to try to you know slim it down and trim it down for the studio uh, would have been the stuff that was less complete or whatever, as much as could be done. So
1: that's just a guess, though. So, so are you so and ninety-five percent done? Are, that
2: does does that mean, mean?
1: Go ahead. Uh-huh. Does that mean VFX are mostly done on that as well? Man, or I just, can't even.
2: I don't even want. To, I don't even want to take the risk of saying a, a word because when I say anything, there's dumbasses out there who make stupid. Half assed mischaracterizations of what I said. It's been happening repeatedly. It happened when I mentioned that when I said, because, you know, EW ran that article and I was commenting with the journalist who ran that article, s- clarifying that what I said and what I've heard is sp- what it was. And one of the things I mentioned was I have no idea how much the full three to three, you know, three and a half hour version of the, I have no idea how much of Zach's full, 100% full version of the movie was completed. I don't know for sure what percentage that is. It could be also 90 to 95%. It could be 99%. I don't know. All I can talk about is the what, what I did here. And what I was told was over 90%, meaning 92 to 95%. And I was told that there were additional cuts of the film Uh, I was told and I've seen things that lead me to feel confident about that number. And I believed that, for example, it might be more likely it was one of the shorter ones. So because I said that and I mentioned two hours and 45 minutes or so, somebody took that number and directly asked Zach Snyder, is it 214 minutes or 165? But. It was just kind of out of any context, and it just said 214 or 165, question mark, and he was like, what's 165, question mark? And that could complete that could mean that he didn't know what they were talking about. It could mean that he was specifically signaling, no, there's not a two-hour, 45-minute cut, which could mean that number given to me might have been an estimate that was off by as much as 15 minutes. It could be it was a three-hour cut that was one of the additional cuts or whatever, or mm-hmm. edits of the movie. Okay. I don't know. But the numbers I heard and what I was the information I was given, I'm very confident is accurate. And it was specifically about the versions that Snyder what Snyder himself had created. And so people were like, oh, this means that Zack Snyder's calling people out or whatever. And it's just a bunch of stupid shit. So I don't want to say what does 95 percent my understanding of 95 percent or what or 90 90 plus percent. Is that it's a reference to if you look at the film, what is a general, if you had to spitball within a reasonable estimate, how much of, if you watched the whole thing, how much of what you saw would you say was complete? Out of three hours, if it's 95% complete and it's a three hour one, we'll do the math. What's 5% of three hours? That many minutes is perhaps not as complete. I don't know though. If that, if all of the stuff that's incomplete is just wires that haven't been removed, I don't know if it's the the soundtrack since uh, some of the soundtrack might not have been completed. It might be purely audio editing. It might be some stuff that was not ever done in CGI at all. There's a lot of ways to take it. And Zach has said a few things here and there about images that he shared where he said, we didn't do this or we didn't get to this. This wasn't part of it or whatever, excuse me, whatever. So I don't know. All I can tell people is I heard that's what I heard. Previously, I had been given erroneous information, which was about well the the information I was given was accurate. It was just about the initial assembly cut,
0: Mm -hmm. and I
2: was told the assembly cut was seventy five to eighty percent complete, give or take, based on stuff not having been removed, based on uh, some missing pickups and filler shots that had to be done to fill in between scenes and stuff, but uh, incomplete visual effects, things like that. So initially I was told there was only an assembly cut. It was only about 75 to 80% finished. and uh, And I wasn't told that additional cuts had been done or edits had been done. I was told that was done after the assembly cut that he talked to him and he talked to Whedon and then Whedon was working on scripting I did know that some additional work was being done to finish up incomplete visual effects on the mm-hmm. that had been a part of that. But I didn't know that, he had, uh, that there were additional edits of the film put together before he departed and before Whedon took over. So now I know that, and I know that much more was completed than I had originally been led to believe. And a lot of the information I was given, some of it came from people that probably knew better and were lying to me. But some of it I know was from people who were well-meaning, and all they were doing was passing on what they knew to me, and they were simply unaware. And when they gave me that information, I am confident that at least a couple of the people really did think it was accurate information and up-to-date when they gave it to me. So
1: that's that. Um, it's interesting to see what will happen. And you did say something. And I, you're right, but not 100% correct. When you said that they uh, that studios don't take what people or fans really want because of Sonic the Hedgehog, so <laughs> there there is an anomaly in the Matrix when it comes to well, that.
2: that's not what it, what I mean is like when when there's fan if a movie comes out in situations like this. Uh, fan outrage and the idea that uh that oh if you if you release something that fans wanted that you have then somehow Mm -hmm. that's going to be that's going to mean that fans think that they got their way so they should just keep uh harassing studios or pushing things and i'm saying people are going to do that like sonic the hedgehog if if they had not changed it does anybody think that the the people complaining would have stopped complaining of course not they would have nope. kept complaining there would have been more petitions there would have mm-hmm. been all sorts of stuff and it would have been it would be still be going on today so uh, they i mean when there's negative reaction obviously obviously they react studios react to things that's why everything with the earlier DCEU got all fucked up cuz they wouldn't mm-hmm. stop reacting every time if if they were on their way into work and they saw somebody kind of frown in the car next to him at a light, they probably were like, oh God, were they frowning because they thought about Batman v Superman? Oh, we got to change something. That's how they were uh, reacting. So right. they clearly do take people's reactions and do stuff. But I'm saying anyone who thinks that's a reason not to release the Snyder Cut of Justice League is fooling themselves if they think that, A, that's the way that dis- business decisions about art should be made. And B, if, that's, if they really think that, Releasing or not releasing things is going to affect how much fans complain or say they want stuff because it won't
1: mm-hmm. um, So the Joker What's that? No, I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> We are um, What are we a month and a half two months away from the Joker? Yeah about two months I think yeah
0: Slightly under two months
1: um, I'm trying to make sure I word this correctly. What of, of the news that we've gotten, because we haven't talked about the trailer or anything, like Kyle and I did a trailer breakdown. but what are your overall feelings? Because there's this internet, there's like Twitter group of people who are going out and bashing the script and saying that it's super controversial what they do in the script. Well, then I'm like, how do they get the script? Should Warner Brothers be looking at those people who have the script? So I'm excited. And I, like I said on Twitter the other day, that I'm all ends with, I'm all hands on deck when it comes to the Joker. I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to be nominated for a bunch of awards. Uh, he's going to be lauded. He's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be nominated for Golden Globe, Academy Award, for his portrayal of the Joker, because I've heard things about his portrayal from people who worked on the set um i've heard good things about the script um you know what are your overall thoughts in regards to the that small community of people who are dogging a film that's a month away and what are your thoughts going forward with the joker Because you have Robert Downey Jr, you have Joaquin Phoenix, says he beats is in it, like you have a lot of good pieces into this into this film and what people need to understand is this is not a superhero comic book film. From what I've been told, this film relies heavily on a mean streets or taxi driver aesthetic with the joker in that film so if you can imagine what you know taxi driver or one of those early scorsese films are or were and throw in joaquin phoenix the joker that's what we're gonna get with this film
2: yeah, it's uh, first of all, in case any fans listening to this just freaked out when you said Robert Downey Jr. You meant Robert De Niro, right? Did I say Robert Downey? <laughs> you said Did Robert I... Downey Jr. Ju- yeah, you said Robert Downey, and I was like, "What?
0: <laughs> Surprise! So, but,
2: are they, uh, they the same people?" So nobody have a heart attack over that. No, uh, Robert yes, De Niro. My bad. First of all, I'll say as far as like people, I'll say this. Okay, uh, we all. Fans getting mad at other – like, if yeah, there are people who read the script and who are saying bad things about it because the movie's a month away. And I know that a lot of fans are upset about it, but it's also like, okay, don't – just be honest with yourselves if you're listening to this. How many of you that are hardcore DC fans and that complain about Marvel movies – how many of you refrain from saying anything critical of trailers or things you've heard or seen about a Marvel movie before it releases? Be honest, you know. We we all see trailers. We all hear things about movies and form opinions beforehand. So I don't fault anyone for just having an opinion, especially if they read the script. I mean, if you're reading a movie script you and and you've seen the trailer and you've heard things like we all but we've all heard stuff about it, Uh, so if you're hearing behind the scenes stuff, you're seeing films and footage taken on set that people took while it was being made, you're seeing the trailer and you read the screenplay. I think it's fair to have an opinion about the movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. as long as you, you know, remember it's sight unseen. You haven't seen the finished product. The script can change and did change during filming. I know of Mm -hmm. at least a few things that are, that are not in the movie, that are present uh, in the script that people have been talking about and saying that they've heard this and this in it. Well, I know enough about the movie to know that some of the things that aren't in it. And I know there were some erroneous information that got out, like about the the whole thing about Alec Baldwin and playing Thomas Wayne as a tr- as Trump was erroneous. And I knew that. And as soon as that story broke, I, I literally did an article the same day to debunk that because I knew that was bullshit. And, The the Joker film, everything I've heard about it and everything that I've seen, which is we've you know, it's it's I know enough to say uh, I do. I think the film will be there will be controversy about the film. Some things Uh, some of it won't be what people think is going to be controversial. Uh, I think the idea of, well, they're showing this as a, a guy who's crazy and becomes radicalized. Is people are misunderstanding some of what they've heard and seen. And I think anyone who read the script and is taking it away, taking away from it that it's a sympathetic portrayal of a guy who was an this poor guy who just was being treated so badly that he uh, became angry at the world and turned into the Joker. That's not what happens. So I don't think anyone sh- could or should, if they did for some reason, if you read that script or heard about the movie and got the impression that it's a movie that is a sympathetic portrayal then mm-hmm. I don't think it's any more sympathetic than The Dark Knight was. I mean, is mm-hmm. he are there sympathetic elements of the character? Sure, he's the main character of the movie and it's before mm-hmm. he becomes fully the Joker. But, you know, I don't I don't want to get into spoiling anything about it, but the movie the movie is very much a Scorsese film and uh, a Scorsese influenced film. If you watch The King of Comedy and Taxi Driver, then you have a very good idea. If you can essentially, I'll say, I'll go out on a limb and say this: if you took Taxi Driver and some of the more gritty—I hate using the word gritty. I'm sorry to everybody that I'm using this fucking overused word, but if you take the street-level grittier crime elements of taxi driver put them into the movie uh the king of comedy and then you had heath ledger's joker from the dark knight as the main character instead of the robert de niro comedian character that's basically what this movie is going to be like and it's going to be as it's if that sounds awesome to you which it should then you're you have the right idea of what the movie is going to be like
1: well, it's just my thing is I'm always like awake and kind of see and I've been like really tracking this movie since its inception and oh yeah I know what you're doing uh, Mark <laughs> go
0: ahead um,
1: since, since, its, since its inception and at first I was like Todd Phillips uh, but then I heard well Joaquin Phoenix like alright well uh, I'll go see it then I saw like what he looks like in the film. And I was like, I'm fucking in, bring me like, I'm down. I'm down with this clown. Let's do this. So, and like I said, I've been really tracking this. I've been trying to find out a little bit here or there. I don't have like, you know, I don't have a lot of information, but the information that, you know, I've heard and what, what Mark's heard kind of drive together. (laughs) Um, so, it sounds awesome. I hear the script's great and yes, scripts change all the time. If you if you looked at the Batman 89 script, the original Sam Ham version and what came out of that, like what the final product was, there a lot of changes were done to that film. I mean, they completely omitted the character of Robin. All oh, the Ro- Robin character was supposed to be in that first Batman film and they decided during filming that they were going to take it out and Vicky Vale was supposed to ride a horse. And Bruce Wayne was supposed to—Batman was supposed to ride a horse chasing the Joker. Like, a lot of things happen, and that's the script. I mean, how many—if you've—like, I really—like, all these people who have these opinions about how films need to be made or done or so on and so forth need to watch the the behind-the-scenes of the Lord of the Rings trilogy because everything that they did, they filmed back-to-back. They were constantly changing the script. They were editing. They were doing all this crazy stuff. Like they literally made were still filming the movie after they won the Academy Award for Best Picture, and like wh- I don't understand why people who've never made a film think they know how films are made. Well, that doesn't work. And like, like no one version of a character or no one version of a film is going to be the end all be all to an interpretation. I love The Dark Knight, but there are things in that film that I just that just don't sit well with me, and that's fine. I I love Batman 89, but the Joker killing Bruce Wayne's parents doesn't sit well with me. But I'm okay with it because that's their interpretation. They are stewards of these characters. And we have to remember, this is a Joker origin film. So a Joker origin film. How many comic books have reread or animated series or even The Dark Knight? The Joker isn't supposed to have an origin film. So you need to go in knowing that they're going to make some changes to this character. But that doesn't mean that this is the character going forward. This is just another version of a character that we all love. So that's my caveat. That's sitting on my soapbox, talking about it, just because I know what this film is and what it's going to be. And everything I've been saying, if you look at everything I've said about this film, and the Toronto Film Festival just said they're going to... Give Joaquin Phoenix an award for acting. Like, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, it's,
2: I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a case of, like, I try not to let myself get too angry or uh, frustrated by people having... I mean, okay, most people don't make movies for a living, and most of us don't, so... Uh, even most of us that work in uh, entertainment journalism. I am i am a screenwriter, and I'll plug that I'm i am working on a, a project with Jay Oliva now, um, the Court of the Dead animated series. And I've written a lot of screenplays, and I've got that into, uh, that's a project I'm working on, and I've also, I have separately some other stuff that I'm working on now as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that said, even working, the fact that, Some people don't work on movies and don't have a background in it, but they still have strong opinions about it. And then there are people that do work in it, but just because I work in it, I don't know what's, I don't necessarily know what decisions and what approach they're taking on every movie out there either. So we all our levels of awareness and all that. It's different for all of us. And at the end of the day, we all, we're all going to have opinions about stuff and, most of our opinions are going to be about shit we have no idea about (laughs) Mm -hmm. because that's the nature of the world. You know, it's, you do what you do and you know the things you know, but the, you don't know a lot about most things. So you form your opinion based on what information filters into you. So I think fandom in general uh, and film fandom in particular would do, would, would do itself a big favor and reduce its stress level if we all were less anxious and angry and resentful about one another's opinions about movies or what in terms of liking or disliking movies or mm-hmm. preferring one film over another or whatever uh that said i do also i i I can say that, but I also understand why that frustration comes around, because it's human nature. You know, when I if I like something and other people are talking trash about it, it can be frustrating. yeah, especially if you feel like there's a pile on or whatever. And especially if you feel like people are are maybe what they're saying feels exaggerated, because I felt like when I saw some of those early reactions, people that said, oh, I've got the Joker script and it sucks. It's going to be terrible. And I was like, OK, I don't trust, and some of them were people whose opinions I already don't trust, frankly, and who I don't really care for. Uh, but apart from that, I was already skeptical because I thought, t- it's such a big leap, and these are people who otherwise know enough to know the script that they all have. It's not the final script. It's not the shooting script. They haven't seen the movie. So, they're, of course, they're entitled to their opinion. They read the script. But to start it just felt excessive it felt like people who uh and and i'll go ahead and i'll say it all right i'm trying i'm umming and awing here because i'm trying not to say something uh but i'm gonna just say it i think what happened is they read it and there's two specific things in that script that i think pissed them off as typical little fanboys that they are because that's who a couple of those people are they, it's something that they're like, oh, but that's not the way it is, and the way I prefer it in the comics. And if you clearly look at issue number, da, 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 that it doesn't have the, and that's what they're doing. And it's that Papa Smurf always says kind of brainy Smurf mentality, wagging their finger and getting worked up and pissed off because two things that are in the script that they didn't like that are changed that are different from the comics. And so they're going to have a freak out about it. For example, The Dark Knight. Who remembers before The Dark Knight came out when it was apparent that Heath Ledger's Joker wore makeup and there were all the, oh, it's got to be perma-white. If he's not perma-white, Papa Smurf said it's not a good, it's not the Joker. That kind of nonsense that, that comes from people who, and I'm not saying, let me just clarify, if you prefer the Joker to have perma-white skin over makeup, I'm not saying it's nonsense. I'm not saying your opinion's not equal. Since every time people express their opinion now, we're apparently have to have the qualifier, all opinions are subjective, and that's just my opinion. And when I say my opinion, it's just my opinion. So yeah, your opinion is just as good. Don't freak out. That's not what I mean. What I mean is people who took, Those one little thing, the Joker has, the Joker wears makeup. Oh, boom. They had a huge, excessive, hyperbolic reactions to it. They were willing to say the whole movie was going to suck. They hated it. They wouldn't watch it, blah, blah. I think that's the same thing that happened with the script. I think they read two things about it. They didn't like those changes, and therefore, oh, nope. They throw the whole thing out, take a big dump on it. That's what the reaction sounded like.
1: To Back people. to poop.
2: That. <laughs> Full circle. See how I did Full that? Si- set up, payoff, set up, payoff. That's how you tell a story, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Write that down. Uh, so yeah, that and and these were. And I'm not saying everybody who didn't like it. I'm talking about two specific people whose initial had the big like reaction, saying, "This is gonna suck." I just read the script, and you're all gonna hate it, and it's terrible. Though there were a couple of people who did that, that the excessiveness of what they said, I think I would almost bet money is precisely because they're pissed off about one or two or one of two or maybe both uh, particular changes that happened in the script. And if you're hearing me say that, don't freak out about it. Uh, If you saw the trailer, then you probably know what one of those things is already because it was in the trailer. So but if you're I don't want to say it in case there's people that listen to the show that are avoiding the spoilers and trailers but it's not really a big fucking deal i swear it's not it's not any bigger a deal than the changes in any of the previous batman movies so so there you go anyway so so that's all all i'm saying is i think fans would be happier i think everyone will be happier if you just remember that like and and It's okay also, I'm saying this, but I also know I will, at some point, I'll look on Twitter and somebody will be like, this movie's, and I'll be like, ah, fuck that guy, who does he think you, so I know I do it too, we love this stuff, it's the nature of liking things, it's human nature to do that, but I try to do that a lot less lately, and I'm trying to remember that at the end of the day, even the people I disagree with about this stuff, and we can have fights and block each other on Twitter or whatever, but for the most part, We're people who love these books. We love movies, and we have strong opinions about them because we love them. And just because I don't agree with somebody's opinion about the stuff, uh, it doesn't make them wrong. Uh, uh, It doesn't necessarily mean that that they're a bad person unless they if they are a bad person and they're like I beat up nuns on the weekend, then whatever. But aside from that, it doesn't make them a bad person if they we have a difference of opinion about it and we cannot get along. But we also should probably keep in mind more often than we do, myself included, that we're all part of a global fandom for this stuff and we love it and we want it to be good and we want to enjoy it. And hopefully everyone will hopefully will get films that we all love and all enjoy. And I really do think that I think the Joker will inevitably polarize a a certain segment of fandom over some of the same kind of pedantic stuff that we we tend to fight about because we're fans and that's what we do uh i think that generally speaking though most people will will love the movie and i think it will be a big hit
1: uh kyle joker stuff you haven't talked at all other than smiling <laughs> so I, I, i'm here for
0: the visual reactions that people won't see <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, you, oh, you're just sitting there so so seductively kyle with your with your purty eyes and your purty mouth
2: if we're going to do these shows <laughs> with the videos on, then I do think that y'all should wear pants if you're going to do it, or just don't have the camera like full
1: body cameras. Have uh, like...
0: Let me just, let me just lower this. So here. if yeah.
1: I wear pants, can it be outside of the little buttonhole in my PJs? <laughs> I was going to ask, can what be? but
2: I don't even want you to answer that question. So I'm just gonna... How to how to
0: take a podcast off the rails? <laughs> uh, but no, so to answer, to answer your question, Joker stuff seems seems fascinating. Uh, I don't want to comment on stuff too much. I mean, I, we we've already been talking about it. All the the stuff that people may or may not like about it. That had me a little apprehensive when I first heard it. Just a uh, kind of kind of shocked, like, oh, okay, yeah, they're they're definitely taking this in a different direction that people are used to right so it's, it's going to be hard to hard to really get a grasp on what my final thoughts are going to be right now just because it, it really could be any it could go anywhere i can love it i could hate it won't really know until we see the finished product product though so.
2: are you a fan of uh scorsese of the old school like the 70s and 80s scorsese movies yes Van- so that that information, yeah,
0: that. I mean, that's the thing. No. Like, I didn't initially like what I heard about the script, but the fact that you describe it as a, like an old school Scorsese does interest me and makes me more excited about it. So, we'll see. It,
2: it looks, it, even it, not just not just story wise, but even like visually, it looks like a like a, a Scorsese seventies and eighties Scorsese kind of movies, and that's what really excites me about it. Uh, part of me even thinks. Okay, this is segue here, but I, what do y'all think of this? What if hypothetically there were some, and and we all know enough about it at this point. We no need to be coy about it. We all know enough about the movie that we know generally there would be, if they changed a couple of things here and there. What if they had hypothetically made this movie and then promoted it and released it as the prequel, the Joker's origin for the Joker from the Dark Knight?
1: Like I but I don't mind the things that like the things that people are hating. I think that's what makes the joker the joker is oh, you yeah. have th- these alternating ideas and thoughts, and it's interesting when i was when I was hearing those things, and you know cause people were spoiling it on fucking Twitter, <laughs> um, when I was hearing those things, I was like, you know what? I kind of dig that kind of, like, take on it. Like, it's different. Like, I mean, I live in a world where it's accepted that the Joker killed Batman's parents. People like that version of that character. So why is it that I can't also live in a world where those things are in that film? Yes, would it be cool that the Joker is a quote-unquote prequel to The Dark Knight? Hell yeah, that'd be badass. I mean... what What? i
2: meant about changes i meant like if they because there's a couple of things in the joker movie that Mm -hmm. obviously make it where it can't be a prequel he can't be the same joker as the one in the dark knight because of timing of certain things Mm -hmm. but like if that was if that part was changed a little bit and it was like it wouldn't take much you could do it and it would be a little bit of a retcon of some things like his age obviously he's older than Heath Ledger was but it what would you think if it if I, I feel like I almost feel like that would be a really smart way to frame this and to market the movie because it would do a shit ton of money
1: if they did that. I mean, Kyle, take it. I've talked way too much tonight.
0: Uh, I can see that getting a lot of people interested in it, but I don't know how effective that would actually be for like the longevity of the movie. Like, I it it's hard. It's hard to say because we. We can only assume what people's reactions are going to be to it now, but if that were the case, I'm sure more it would get more people interested in it right off the bat. I mean, regardless, you know, the Joker is the Joker. I feel like people already have an idea of what or not they like the Joker or not as as a character. So I'm going to assume that most people that are a fan of that Joker are already a fan of the Joker in general. That's a good
2: point. Yeah, I think that probably is true. Yeah.
0: Never mind! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Never
1: mind, uh. I take
2: that idea back. It's a stupid idea. I don't think we should
1: yeah. You just lost your ruddy credentials on this show. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, um, me
2: out, what if it's a sequel to that movie about the dog that dies and gets reincarnated as another dog?
0: Oh, no. Hmm.
1: <laughs> okay, never mind. I have a terrible
0: idea. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to cry? Because we're about to cry. <laughs> I mean, it's
1: it's a better idea than having Batman and Superman nemesis when they first meet. Wait, I didn't say that on this. Well, shit.
0: <laughs> and then no, you just and then, you don't get it, Justin. They have different ideals, okay.
1: And then they fight each other, and then they fight Doomsday, and then the main character dies off after two movies,
0: and then. But wait, what if we also threw Lex Luthor in there?
1: You're not going to get me involved in bashing that
2: movie. I love it.
0: <laughs> I love that I, movie.
2: Too. I can't I love that imagine movie too. any version of the DC world where when Batman and Superman meet for the first time they aren't instantly disliking each other. I that's I can't imagine them not taking. They're such radically different people with such radically different worldviews, and it's kind of it's it's established for a pretty long time that Batman doesn't trust Superman. Eventually they became friends, but I like you know. Obviously, but that's another
1: that's another podcast. Batman versus Superman. So I'll be,
0: have, I'll, I'll be honest. That's actually one of the parts of the movie I, I don't mind as much as others. Like there's a lot I of there, there's a lot of issues yeah, with just, BVS, but that that was not one of the issues for me.
1: I I like I I don't have issues with that. I just like to
0: you know let's try to like have shit some
1: fun. talk. <laughs> I am the I am the. If you're really
0: angry, and I'll leave a comment down below.
1: I will, I will be, I am the Twitter version of this podcast. (laughs) So we haven't talked about Robert Pattinson as Batman. We haven't talked about, I know that you got to leave it about 10 minutes ish. Are we, uh, so 10 minutes
2: Uh, minutes or so? Yeah.
1: So thoughts on your initial thoughts on Robert Pattinson being cast because he kind of like was like out of the blue. Like, yeah, was- well,
2: I got to give credit where credit's due. He was, not, he was not out of the blue for some people because there were some people that had him on their radar as being in talks and stuff about it. So uh, I, sp- and I'm going to say, I specifically reached out to uh, about that because uh, we've talked about this off- in person when you and I talked that in uh, back in January, uh, I reached out in January and then again in February uh, to several people when, because Pattinson's name was kind of being whispered behind the scenes. And uh, and then it eventually it ended up getting published uh, publicly. And when I asked about that, I was assured absolutely when, that he is a great actor. He's working with Christopher Nolan right now, obviously. And that he would probably, if he had, if he was playing Batman, he'd no doubt do a great job, but that he was not, on he was not uh, at all on the radar and was not in the running for Batman at all is what I was told uh, a cu- uh, by a cu- on a couple of occasions by a few different people who absolutely assured me that no. And when I said look, and then event once it was public and people were running articles about it, I reached out and said, look, I really need to know because I don't want to go out on a limb here and debunk it and say his name is not in the mention is not been mentioned if it's legit and i was told that it was that it was that i could safely say it and so i did and that really that's i it pissed me off a lot because that's happened a couple of times now where i've had i've heard things and i've reached out and then i didn't i didn't need to go out on a limb and say that is particularly bunk but i was it came it was brought up to me and i was told He was not – no, he definitely is not. Those rumors are fake, and those stories, you can let fans know that that's – since people are kind of acting weird and freaking out about it, you can let them know that's not a thing. So I did, and then, of course, it turns out he was, and he is Batman. So I'm glad he's Batman, Uh, but my point of all that stuff was just to say he he was – a lot of people were taken by surprise by it, but some people weren't, and kudos to those who did, and I don't have a list of everybody that said it, but kudos to the, the folks who did first break those stories and say they heard his name and went ahead with the stories despite the denials behind the scenes, because I believe the denials, and it was obviously bullshit. So uh, I think he's a great choice, and I don't really—I mean, I, I say I was pissed. I was pissed that I— went out on the limb and did the debunking, but am I pissed at a studio for trying to keep secrets? No, absolutely not. With all the scooping that goes on, which, you know, it's that's part of the business, that's part of the industry, people have to do their jobs, people have to look into it, people try to break stories. That's part of what we do, it's journalism. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as studios react to that by putting false stories out and doing what they have to to try to keep secrets, I don't i'm not gonna i don't really fault them for doing that honestly it's that it is what it is they have to do it to keep secrets uh i don't like how it specifically happened to me because it's that's happened a couple of times but uh the sour grapes business you know it's i've got to move on and let that go so I i probably I probably shouldn't have even brought it up here. <laughs> but uh, the point is, Robert Pattinson is going to be, I think he's going to be a terrific Batman. He's a great performer. Uh, I'm glad that it looks like most of the the initial fan, like, wah, don't cast him. He was in Twilight. All that nonsense has kind of finally stopped once people found out that, oh, he made other movies and they were really good, so stop being stupid about it.
1: And he's in a Chris Nolan Tenet movie. That. Yeah. Like, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> Chris Nolan doesn't just cast any like any scrubs. He casts like actual legit actors. Right. So if you know anything about like Chris Nolan's very visual, but he does get amazing performances from everyone and I still to this day still think that Leo DiCaprio's best role is in Inception. Like love him in that movie. So I I think it's interesting like the from what we've kind of heard, Mark and Kyle, is this film is gonna be a villain heavy. It's there's gonna be five or six villains. It sounds like there's more, gonna be, more. and it sounds like these like these characters are gonna be in their fully formed versions. It's not gonna be like we're gonna get like Edward Nigma as he was working at like Wayne Tech, and then he gets super pissed off at Bruce Wayne and becomes Riddler. Or like Harvey Dent is an uh, attorney, a district attorney in Gotham City, and then he becomes Two Face. Does that is that what you're hearing or well, thinking? Or
2: it, uh, some of them, some of the villains, like Two Face is Two Face. Uh, I that's everybody knows that now, right? That's already been reported that
1: he's I think so. Harvey
2: Dent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's t- he's Two Face, and uh, it. But but. I don't think that just because some of the villains are pre-existing and they're already like they've already exist as who they are and it's they're not like new or whatever uh, to Gotham, that I, I don't think that that means none of them are. I think it's possible that we're gonna, that a couple of villains are going to be. I, I, I'll say this: I fully expect that at least one or two of the main villains uh, are going to be new, and that we're going to see Batman encountering them for the first time even though most of the villains will be at various stages of having already been around for a bit. But I, yeah, I think that there'll be a couple of, of villains that are either introduced as Batman first meeting them in this film, or they've just been around a short time and Batman is finally catching up to them or something. I think that'll happen. And I do, th- there's six villains that we all know uh, that they're casting right now. And th- there should be casting news coming imminently about, you know, at some of these additional roles, but Uh, They're also, my understanding is, besides the villains that everybody knows about, there's six to eight that are being talked about. And my understanding is that there's actually other, the world of this Batman is going to be peppered with other characters that we know. So I expect that besides the ones that everybody already knows about, I think there's some others, you know, uh, that's about probably all we can safely say about it at this time. I don't think we want to get into spoiling because we know we know factually who some of the villains are. We know right. they are not just villains, but also supporting cast, other characters that are in the movie. So we know a, at least probably a dozen characters that are in this movie besides
1: Batman. So Well, I, I'm curious. Like, I haven't heard really anything, but do you think, do you suspect that, you know, we could potentially have like Robin or multiple Robins? Or do you think... We'll get into maybe we'll see Batgirl. Like, what are your? You think we can at this point in the stage, since we're gonna get villains that are kind of like fully formed, but we're not gonna see a lot of them in this first film. Think we're? I don't want to say Bat family because if I say that, then I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna the Bat – Like, I like like. <laughs> you can say it. I'll say you can say that. I think that
2: Matt Reeves is building the. I think he that. I think that Dick Grayson is okay. Matt Reeves is going to make multiple movies as that's the plan. Anyway, obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm knocking on wood with both hands and both feet because I want Matt Reeves to stay around and make Batman movies through. I want him to lock him, chain him at Warner brothers and not let him leave and just make him make Batman movies for the rest of his life. I'd be very happy with that. So, but, uh, he's going to be, he's going to, he, the plan is that he's going to make multiple movies. He should be doing at least a trilogy of films. And my understanding is that, uh, Dick Grayson is going to be in the movies. I think he probably will either be introduced in the first movie or in the second movie. So I think that's going to happen. Uh, I think that Barbara Gordon will probably appear in one of the movies at some point, but I don't know for sure. I have heard, you know, Batgirl is in development and it's in active development. Uh, there's, there, there's, it's a project that's going to happen and it's prioritized over some other projects and that's changed in the last several days or whatever. Uh, so my understanding previously was that some of the delays on projects like Nightwing and the the rewrites being done on the Batman script were to expand the potential of this as a found to start the, to lay the foundation of starting a not only the Batman trilogy, but so that there could be spinoffs with Batgirl and eventually there would be a set of movies that all take place within that shared Gotham world. Can I say that that's definitely going to happen? There's a long time. I mean, Batman's not going to get into production until they're not going to start filming, I should say, until early next year. So if with with filming starting early next year on the Batman, that leaves plenty of time for other things to change, and that brings us back to the AT and T thing, which is AT and T at any point could step in and say, "Okay, enough with the DC with shared universe stuff. We don't care about that. Batman can make a billion dollars with his own series. Just make Batman movies. We'll do a Batgirl movie. We'll do whatever else, but these things are going to be their own things. They're not going to cross over. They might decide that. I don't know." As of now, I don't think they'll do that with the Batman stuff because I think they know that branding Batman-related movies together and having them cross with each other is – if it's done right and it's done well, then it's – you're talking about movies that are going to deliver a billion dollars every damn time. Mm -hmm. So why would you not do that? Uh, But whether or not they – the Batman corner of stuff crosses over with other things is probably up in the air. But let's be honest – we can talk about that being, like, uncertain. But business is business and cinema is cinema. And and I think it's inevitable that, of course, once they've got a set of different – once there's a Supergirl movie out there and it's if it's a hit and then if Batman's a hit and then if Batgirl's a hit, if they've got these multiple movies out there with different superheroes, they're going to cross them over. It's going right. to make sense. The ones that are popular and that work, it will make sense to cross them over. So
1: Right, right. Um I hope that we see a Bat family. I would love to see Robin. I want a younger version. I don't want to see 35-year-old Chris O'Donnell, you know, in a Batman Forever type film. Like I want to see like 13, 14-year-old Robin, you know, and then you can you can do, you know, how they're doing like Black Widow where you can mess with the time and you can do like a Nightwing of in the future kind of a thing, that's kind of set up in his own little corner of the DC universe and everything. So there's a lot of good stuff with it. I'm excited for it. The more I hear about this film, I just want I just want to know what his aesthetic is going to look like. Is he gonna is he gonna go for more of the gothic Tim Burton approach or is he gonna do more of the real world Chris Nolan approach? Like that, those are my questions. Because I already have like many Batman films that I enjoy. So this is just like more that I can devour with, you know what I'm saying? I just, like, aesthetics, like, those are important to me. I would love to, you know, like, I love the Chris Nolan films, but I, in those, you know, sequels, The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, I wanted to see more the gothic sensibilities. I love the Narrows in Batman Begins, and I was hoping to see more of that in his trilogy, so and we didn't get that for whatever reason, so I'm hoping that we get a little bit of that, you know, we get, you know, I hope they film inside of a city, like a real metropolitan area like they did. Obviously I, I doubt they won't, I I doubt Chicago is going to be on the list. Sounds like they're filming in the UK or Britain or wherever, like they're going to be filming in Europe. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, I guess.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, We know he he wants this to he wants to be uh, the film to be heavily inspired by film noir. It's going to be a detective story, which lends itself even more to film noir sensibilities. Uh, He's been you know he's a fan of uh, film noir, including classic films of the genre, and he's uh, no doubt revisiting those films and also the comics that are. The sources of inspiration for his sensibilities about Batman which you know we've talked about that before and what those are mm-hmm. so I I suspect you know look back look at what Nolan's Nolan's films were very noir uh influenced um I think that uh aesthetically they because Nolan tried to ground his in a much more re- a a pseudo realistic sensibility to it and kind of as much as he could leaned away from the comic book sensibilities of the the stories uh i think i don't think matt reeves is going to do that i think he's he's doing something that will embrace the same noir sensibilities that nolan was influenced by um for example blade runner you know that was The movie that is the single biggest influence on Chris Nolan as a filmmaker is Blade Runner. And that film very much inspired his approach to the Batman movies. And that is, of course, a film noir. It's a sci-fi film noir. And Batman had, and Chris Nolan's Batman, had those noir sensibilities. But it was noir sensibilities grounded in realism. And I think you know, one way to think about what Reeves is probably going to do. And I'm, this is speculation on my part based on what I've seen of his movies in the past and what his, you know, the influences and sensibilities that I think he's going for in the movie. Uh, I would guess that it will be something that's a lot like the, similar to Chris Nolan in, uh, in some ways, but probably leaning even more into the, the, the crime noir sensibility element of it and then with a little bit but willing to go more fantastical than what Christopher Nolan probably was willing to in that regard so probably some of the gothic sensibility that you like in the Nolan and fi- the uh, Burton films mixed with the the style of crime drama that Chris Nolan went for might give us you know an idea of what to expect a little bit i'm really excited to see what they do with batman's costume of course uh, you yeah, know, there's a lot of ways they could go with it, and I'm not sure. I'm I, i I'm wondering if we're going to see the costume, the Batman costume, have a, go back to a little bit the longer ears. Uh, not super long or anything, but, like, maybe not as long as in uh, Batman Returns, but maybe closer to that aesthetic than the shorter ears. I wouldn't you, be
1: surprised. Well, maybe... If we're talking about you know the the year situation, maybe we'll see a version where Batman's running and is <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> don't
2: say it.
1: Just... <laughs> I see and where this his... is going. Kyle bobbles like a bobblehead. <laughs> Uh, i shoot. can always work that in like it doesn't you set yourself up for that one i was waiting for you to talk about it and you just walked right into my trap <laughs> shouldn't have
2: brought it up i should have known that i should have known that.
0: rule number one yeah. never talk about the bat years on, on Batman. <laughs> but yeah it's,
2: i i'll say this you know as, as i i ever anybody who knows my my Feelings about the batman movies knows that i respect the tim burton movies but they're not my favorite batman movies but uh that cowl i keep coming back to that cowl in batman returns and how good that cowl looked and that suit although i didn't like the that they did went a little too far with the the armor plating kind of look on the abdomens but other than that that is a pretty spectacular suit and uh something of some an updated version of that I would be really happy to see personally. I would well let's find that, uh, that at all.
1: I'm just hopeful that this time when the joker wraps his arm around the, the <laughs> Batman, <laughs> I went forth. you just keep walking yourself like here's the writer and <laughs> me no. Like, that's I can, the- what you're talking
2: about is the image when people complain and make fun of the stuff I like in Batman or say some talk shit about it. I always send that picture of Nicholson and Keaton when they're face to face and he's grabbing the Joker and Nicholson's got his arm and he's squeezing it and it makes Batman's bicep look so tiny and skinny. And then that, the bat cow from that first Batman movie is so big. It looks like dark helmet from freaking space balls. And, I, and I, I'm and just teasing a little bit, but come on, look at that picture closely. Look at that hand on his
1: bicep and then that, and it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so whenever I send Mark right. that I love, gif, I, love that. I always send Mark that gif whenever I can. Like, and I'll set it up too, and then he sends me that picture of, well, at least in this version, the Joker can't r- grab his hand around Batman's bicep. I was like, but still, Mark.
2: I'd rather have wobbly bat ears like the Batman forever ears than a dark helmet with a, <laughs> and there's some, you know what? I don't even want, I'm saying we're just having fun here, but you know, I I like Batman 89. So I don't want anyone to get here in this and get pissed off and think I'm making fun of the, the suit or anything. Cause that suit, when that first image came out and that first poster of Michael Keaton in the bat suit standing in front of, the the Batmobile and that po it came out and it was a poster you could buy at Spencer's Gifts. That poster blew my freaking mind. I was like, oh my God, we're getting a really cool Batman movie. So <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I like it. I, I I can talk I can talk smack about uh this or that about the movies, but they, it's all Batman and I like it all. So that costume from Batman Returns was pretty f- freaking great. I mean honestly it really was pretty great.
1: Until he could rip his cowl off like it was cottage cheese. <laughs> How does it deflect bullets? I don't get it. I never <laughs> All right, Mark, we know you got to get going. So, but where can we find you on the social medias?
2: Well, I'm on uh, Twitter at Mark Hughes Films, and that's about it. And then you can find me over at Forbes, of course, at uh, uh, Forbes.com backslash Mark Hughes. Uh, I'm sorry, scratch that. I'm at. Uh, Forbes.com backslash sites backslash Mark Hughes, uh, where I review movies and talk about all this stuff, except for poop and wobbly bad ears.
0: (laughs) That's why you come here for that.
1: That's why you come here for that. (laughs) All right, Mark. Thank you. Uh, Go see your film, and we will uh, text you links and everything when this goes up. Sounds good. I appreciate being
2: on. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.